The Inside Learning Podcast is brought to you by the Learnovate Center. Learnovate's research explores the power of learning to unlock human potential. Find out more about Learnovate's research on the science of learning and the future of work at learnovatecenter.org. Next up on the Inside Learning Podcast, we are joined by research lead with the Learnovate Center, Peter Gillis. Welcome to the show. Hi, Aidan. Pleasure to be here. It's always great to have you on the show, Peter. And you have been very busy, man. We'll get stuck into that research that you're going to tell us about today. Maybe you'll give us an overview of that, but with this way of thinking about it, because we've all heard about motivation, motivation to learn. Many of our audience work in L&D. They work in transformation in organizations or innovation, and they're trying to drive change. But that is a difficult task because not everybody is up for it. And by that, I mean motivated. But when you talk about motivation, you help us by understanding what motivation is not. So maybe we'll start there. Motivation is actually a core source of interest for me as a research topic. An awful lot of what I do is based in motivation and has been for for many years. Let's think about what it's not first, because we hear the terms engagement, and motivation used interchangeably. But they're actually quite distinct. And that's not to sort of rule one in or other out. It's just about being helpful with our understanding. So if we take engagement, engagement is that idea of something has our curiosity, our attention. Uh, We're optimistic and passionate about it. Um, And when it comes to learning, obviously, engagement is really important. If I could just use an example, let's say Rachel Blackmore. So if Rachel Blackmore was to address us, and she's the first female jockey to win the Grand National and the Cheltenham Gold Cup, a fantastic sports person, um, and has had a fantastic career. And I'm sure if she was to talk to us, we would be engaged to listen to her story, to understand how she got where she is. And we might actually pick up some useful tips. But let's hold that thought for a second. And just think about motivation and what's different. Because motivation is about how we initiate, persist at, direct, and the amount of vigor we put into goal-directed behavior. Now, the important words there are goal-directed. Because if I go back to the Rachel Blackmore story, she might really engage me in her story, and I might learn much from it. But I didn't set out with a goal, and that's the difference with motivation. Now, there's a researcher, Lisa Legault, um, out of Canada, and she's a specialist in the whole area of motivation. Now, I don't know how good or bad Lisa is at uh, giving talks, but if she was talking, I would be there. And even if she wasn't brilliant, I'd still be motivated to stick with it because it's getting toward a goal that I'm interested in. Now, as I say, that's not to say we don't like to see a mix of engagement and motivation, but it is just to understand that they are different. When we're motivated, we're striving toward some goal. Now, there's an awful lot of sort of theories around motivation. And to just maybe pick in on one of those, which is very much relevant to the whole area of learning, is self-determination theory. It's around a long time, around since about 1985 from Decky and Ryan. And it talks about three basic psychological needs that we have, irrespective of nationality or culture. These tend to be the same across the human race. And of course, that makes it useful for us to understand. And the three basic psychological needs are autonomy, 
the idea that we feel we're initiating the behavior, that we're not being coerced, competence, that we feel we have the ability to actually effectively engage with the relevant environment, and relatedness, you know, this idea of feeling a closeness to the group that we're involved with. And they're the three kind of basic psychological needs associated with self-determination theory. Aligned to those are three motivational processes. Now, most of us here will probably be familiar with intrinsic motivation, that idea of doing something for its own sake, and often seen as the gold standard in terms of uh, achieving motivation within learners. Extrinsic motivation, where we see our motivation as being something that we will get as a result of engaging with learning. Maybe that's a credential, maybe that's a job, or in fact, it can extend even to the idea of you know, admiration from our peers. But the third area that doesn't get talked about quite as much is this whole area of amotivation. And amotivation is kind of like the negative form. It's not an apathy, though, and specifically in relation to learning. In relation to learning, it tends to be an inner held belief, very strongly held negative belief around, I'm not able to do this, around even if I put the effort in, I can't get there. I don't value the outcome. And the tasks to me are undesirable, are boring. So we have these three basic psychological needs and these three motivational processes. And a strong understanding of those helps us in trying to scaffold motivation within learners. I'm so glad you brought that up, Peter, especially the last one, a motivation, because when I read about that in your research, I was like, oh, well, that, that's one of the big, big unseen challenges for anybody who's in organizational learning, anybody trying to bring new skills into an organization, is that there's, there's a resistance. And oftentimes you can take it as, oh, the person's just being difficult. But as you said, there's deeply held beliefs there that might actually go back to their time in school when they might have been ridiculed by the teacher in some way. And it's marked in their amygdala. And it's very hard for them to learn later on. And I'm sure you're going to bring us through how to get around that, particularly when it comes to a digital environment. Absolutely. And you're so right. And again, as a lot of people who are familiar with our podcasts and Learnovate would know, we start with problems all the time. And actually, in terms of looking at our research into the area of motivation, we see our motivation as a great starting point because it is the problem area. And then, as you say, when we look at this emerging digital world that we're all living in now, I mean, we saw COVID when we all had to to go online. We didn't have an option. And coming out of that, we're seeing an awful lot more of blends starting to occur. Now, if we're to take the hybrid model as one example of this emerging digitalized learning environment, The hybrid model is this idea that when we have a synchronous learning situation, like a lecture, some of our students are in class, while others are actually joining virtually from home. That extends to the asynchronous activities, those that are not time-linked, where there might be pre-recorded video materials, exercises to be done either individually or in group, also available to be done either in class or online. Obviously, to do sort of efficient learning, there's an awful lot of tools you need to support yourselves in the terms of the video conferencing materials, learning management systems, etc. 
And blended, of course, is a variation of this where all students are in class at one stage and then all students are online and then fully online. These are all variations of the sort of new digital environment. But if we look at hybrid as an example, the benefits for hybrid models as they're put forward are it's flexible. It allows people, maybe if we're talking about third level, which is the focus of our research, it allows them to have that part-time job and still work in the learning. It still maintains that synchronous communication opportunities. It allows for independent academic exploration. And of course, it can be a much more efficient use of resources. Now, that's a list that comes from the research. I think there's possibly two areas that are, if not as, more important, which is accessibility. A hybrid model does allow us to provide better accessibility to courses. And linked to that, diversity. It also allows us to reach a much more diverse population who maybe traditionally wouldn't be able to access learning. So there's a lot of benefits around this emerging digital model, but it creates a completely different environment when it comes to motivation. An awful lot of rules we must sort of acknowledge and take on board when moving forward. So that's a perfect segue for your research. Let's share a little bit about that, but also let's then bring to light two of the core pillars here. One you call remotivate, and then there's nudging. And this is extremely interesting. Everybody's interested in nudging and how susceptible we are to nudging, how this can get us around the problem of a motivation. Yeah, absolutely. Let me start with remotivate because remotivate uh, is a core research project within Learnovate, has a working group. Uh, we have a really strong team of industry joining with us on this research project. And just the how might we statement, the problem statement we're looking at is how might we scaffold and sustain learner motivation to engage with hybrid and remote environments over time? So it's a case of not just saying, how can we get them to be motivated for a specific class? But when you're facing into a semester or an academic year, how can we support students in this basically uncharted territory, and how do we motivate them over that specific uh, period? Now, we carried out a, an awful lot of research. This project came out of COVID when we realized that we did a great job of moving learning online, but having it all over, how might we actually build in motivational supports? We undertook an awful lot of research into the literature, did an awful lot of work with the working groups looking into this problem area, and we produced a report on this, but rather than leave it there, we actually did see that there was the possibility of developing a framework out of this that possibly could be used in real situations to create genuine impact in the area of learner motivation. Now, the result of that research was that we identified that there are 24 components directly linked to motivation that exist over four bands that we must consider when we talk about scaffolding motivation. And the sort of inner and closest to the student level there is the learner's own readiness. How prepared motivationally are they to engage with this form of learning? Have they got the online work skills, for example? Because again, if we go back to this whole idea of competence, um, you know, do you feel competent that you can actually just engage with this form of learning? It also requires an amount of self-directedness. And again, linking that directly back to the idea of autonomy 
and this feeling of my volition to move forward. Moving out to the next layer outside that, we have the whole idea, is the environment structured in such a way to support their motivational drives? Taking on things like, have they got the options to be involved? Have they got options for satisfaction to show they're progressing with their learning? And and many others. And then the next layer out is the activities themselves. What's the percentage of blend that we're looking at? Going towards extrinsic motivation, can they see the utility value? Can they understand what actually the benefit of sticking with this program is going to be in terms of goals that resonate with them? And ultimately, out to the lecture and organization level. And this goes to, is the institution bought into this method? Are the lecturers themselves bought into this idea of blended and hybrid learning environments? And have they been trained? to make this the best experience it can be for the students. So like I say, four layers, 24 components. And we also then did some research into frameworks. And there's the like of ISTE over in the United States who do an awful lot of frameworks. And we've said, yeah, look, they have to be not weighty tomes of academic output. They need to be useful, helpful uh, tools that will have impact. So taking the 24 components, And applying the motivational lenses of self-determination theory, expectancy value theory, and Keller's ARCS design theory, which is around attention, relevance, confidence, and satisfaction, we then started to work on each component. Now, this is an ongoing process, but I mean, just to give you an idea, one, we talked about online working skills earlier on, and we have four key points that should be addressed if you're going to support a learner in terms of online working skills and provide them with the ability to confidently access and use the technologies and software needed to perform that course-related tasks. Some of these would be fairly obvious, but to give you an idea of sort of motivation-led thinking, we have one in there that says, are they provided with a group project where they're not really being tested academically? but they're actually being given the opportunity to test their ability to leverage the digital skills, to research, collaborate, share, create, and present all in a blended environment. Purely, again, thinking of supporting that motivational level. As I say, that's just one of the 24. We have really strong interest from uh, educational institutions, both here and abroad in this, and we're hoping to get this finished this year and then do a trial because we're not accepting that this is as is, is the exactly correct way. So we want to do a real live trial with this. With all the best supports in the world, Aidan, we do know that there are times when student motivation is going to wane. And academic motivation is an absolute issue around the globe these days. We're talking numbers in the region of 30% of first year undergraduates will experience a severe lack of motivation towards their academic studies. So this second project that I'd just like to sort of talk about is is understanding that that happens and then understanding what, what could we do to support these people. Now, I'll take you back to the whole idea of the three spectrums of self-determination theory around extrinsic and intrinsic, which we're fairly familiar with. But then let's go back to this idea of academic and motivation. Because the research, and I refer back to Lisa Legault that I mentioned earlier on, uh, Lisa's own research 
looked at academic amotivation as containing four subcomponents negatively held beliefs around ability i'm not able to do this effort i can't put the effort in value i don't know why i'm studying this i've no interest in it and then task characteristics this is boring now each of those four is linked to at least one negative outcome around performance self-esteem dropout and problem behaviors and our thoughts were could we profile students to the extent that we could understand which of these subcomponents is at play and therefore could we target an intervention that would support them specifically in that area as an ultimate solution we would see that these negative outcomes like performance we would be able to see indicators of that through maybe you know gpa dropping um grade point average dropping or maybe the activity on the vle we could see it in terms of problem behaviors by looking at amount of classes missed and other sort of indicators or breadcrumbs and therefore we could profile which of these areas of ability value effort and task characteristics might be at play now what could we do to support them we looked at many different areas from lecture intervention to peer support but we actually saw the whole idea of behavioral economics and nudges as a way that we might be able to address this so we hypothesized that if there was a bank of nudges that were co-created with tutors and lecturers so as they operate at the individual module level and then the behavior indicators say around performance start to drop that we could target those interventions and dispatch them via text messages to their mobile phones specifically hitting in at that area now nudges as i'm sure again our audience are well aware are these sort of short messages that basically guide decisions so the decision is still with the person receiving them but this just kind of nudges them to make the right decision so we developed up a bank of these and we focused in on the areas of ability and value so when i talk about ability it's just sort of little supports that say you can do this and an example would be a, a, a real example that we used you know the mcq questions will be very similar to the weekly mini quiz questions so study the feedback you've been provided on these already and this will help you in the final exam little nudge then around value one of our target audiences here were engineering students doing computer science which they may not see the value in maybe specifically if they want to be civil um or mechanical engineers they wonder why am i doing computer science so a value message might be this module teaches you to solve problems using a computer programming language engineers of all kinds need to know how to use computing to solve engineering problems again just try to show them the value of it so this is the bank but as a research project we had to try and say how might we do this and very briefly just to say we use our motivation psychological measurement tools that have been tried and tested and it was self report profiles so we profiled the cohort students and then we were able to separate them into either the ab- ability group either into the ability group or to the value group and then they received the appropriate messages over a two week period and then we used the self report measures again now very briefly because it's hard in a podcast but 
we saw statistically significant reduction in the AM motivation level of those students who were registering as AM motivated in the pre-measure. Those who didn't, it had very little effect. So what we saw was that the tool was operating where it was meant to. It was reducing the negative AM motivation and it was having very little or no effect on those who weren't unmotivated, which might be expected, but was good to see. Moving that on a bit, when we look at the sub-measures of the value students with regards to the value section of our motivation, we saw that it had a very significant reduction in that level of value and motivation, but very little on ability, and the vice versa. Those receiving the ability messages had a dramatic reduction in ability and motivation, but very little in value and motivation. Now, that's really exciting to us because it looks like the targeted messages are working right down to the subcomponent of our motivation level. And what we want to see in future research is then, can we map this out, not using self-reports of our motivation, but to what I mentioned before, the real-life breadcrumbs that link to either value or ability, like performance or attendance. This is research at the moment. We do want to move this into Learnovate now and see if we can in the future develop out another motivation support tool that could well sit alongside the framework. Both of these being very significant tools to support students in this emerging hybrid learning world. You'll have tweaked the interest of many, many people out there, and they'll be interested in knowing where they can find the research from Learnovate, etc. When will this research be fully baked and when will it be available for consumption? The Remotivate framework, we would expect to be going into trial later this year. I think it's fair to say that the whole research project involving nudges is actually my PhD work, which is due to be submitted in September. But then, as I've mentioned, we see moving that straight in. I would think, Aidan, that will be into 24 when we start to leverage that research and develop tools out of it. Keep an eye out on learnovatecenter.org for all research. You mightn't find every little detail in there, but also keep an eye out from more content from Peter that will be available on the learnovatecenter.org website. Research lead with the Learnovate Center, Peter Gillis. Thank you for joining us on the Inside Learning Podcast brought to you by the Learnovate Center in Trinity College, Dublin. Thanks, Aidan. Cheers. Inside Learning is brought to you by the Learnovate Centre in Trinity College, Dublin. Learnovate is funded by Enterprise Ireland and IDA Ireland. Visit learnovatecentre.org to find out more about our research on the science of learning and the future of work.